Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cheers Shots to the Cranium. I'm Stephen Goforth. Before we jump into my interview with the legendary Kevin Sullivan, I'd like to remind all of you to go follow us on Instagram and on Twitter as Chair to Cranium. Chair the number two Cranium on Instagram and on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook as well. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can also listen to us on Apple and Google Podcast as well as Spotify. So numerous platforms to check out the latest episodes and interviews with Cheers Shots to the Cranium. And also go check out our website at cheershotstothecranium.com. Again, that is cheershotstothecranium.com. The latest episode that has dropped has been my Cranium Correspondence, where we talk about the latest things that are going on in professional wrestling, as well as Fastlane predictions. Of course, Fastlane is in the history books. Check out how Addison and myself did on our predictions. WrestleMania is right around the corner. And we'll also do a prediction show for that one. And I'll also have more news for you and a Cranium correspondence coming up very, very soon. Cannot thank you enough for believing in us and following us and listening to us. It's greatly appreciated. If you want to show the world how you represent Chair Shots to the Cranium, go buy the official merch on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Chair Shots to the Cranium. We would greatly appreciate your support. Cool t-shirt. It'll be the talk of the town. Thank you as always, and now it's time for my interview with Kevin Sullivan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chair Shots to the Cranium Interviews. I'm Stephen Goforth. I am thrilled to sit down with a true legend in professional wrestling. He's contributed over 40 years of his life to the business, won numerous championships, led some of the most historic wrestling factions in history and made tremendous contributions to professional wrestling as a booker for world championship wrestling it's my pleasure to speak with one of the most evil-minded people to ever exist in professional wrestling mr kevin sullivan kevin how are you today well we can stop the interview right now i've never received that kind of ovation in my life. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're very I'm, welcome. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. I really appreciate your time today. You're more than, uh, I'm more than happy to spend it because, I, I, like you, I'm very excited about Universal Championship Wrestling. Very excited. Well, before we jump into your tremendous career, let's talk a little bit about Universal Championship Wrestling, that partnership you just formed with them. You're the Vice President of Talent Relations. How did you hear about UCW? Well, I started to hear about them through people. uh, I travel, I still travel all over. And I was at a show uh, doing a signing and somebody said, boy, I saw a show called Universal Service Suppression. It sort of reminded me of WCW slash Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. I said, well, I'd like to find out about it. So lo and behold, I took it upon myself to call Mr. Ronnie Dawson. He answered the phone and he was, we had a very nice chat and he said, uh, if you would like to, why don't you come out and take a look at what we got. What I like about them And I'm not a naysayer. I don't like to say this company's bad, that company's bad, because when you say, I believe when you send things out in the universe and it's negative, it comes back to you. I agree. I try to be positive. Right, absolutely. What I I saw with this country, company rather, this was like back in the day to me, 
when I first went to wrestling as a kid, it was like, if you didn't like the sword swallowers, hold on, the acrobats are coming. If you didn't like that, you're going to see the clown car. If you didn't like that, Gunther Gabriel Williams was going to put his head in the lion's mouth. Uh, I was the first one ever bringing luchadors into the United States. You can ask Conan and you can ask Raven Sale. And I liked the mix of all that. And I liked the big guys. I liked the high flyers. I liked the names that Ronnie's using. Buff, but the main event was, but think about this. This is a main event in Madison Square Garden. Buff Bagwell interfered in a championship match with Scott Steiner and Carlito. Yes, amazing. Three main, three main eventers that would have main evented anywhere for WWE. It was brilliant. And his young guys, I mean, uh, Wes Briscoe, there's not, a, a, to me, there's not a stronger family name than the Briscoes. Jack was the world, one of the greatest world heavyweight champions. I was lucky enough to get in the ring with him, along with uh, Gerald, who was uh, the junior heavyweight champion. And he's carrying on the legacy. Uh, we, we had... Uh, uh, the uh, young girl, her name is uh, Maddie Max. Yeah, Maddie Max was was great. It was one of her first matches. And I got to speak to her, and she was terrific. And she almost beat uh, Johnny Morris's wife yeah, that night. Taya Valkyrie, absolutely. She yeah, gave her a run she, for her money. Oh, it was that close, wasn't it? It was. Uh, I mean, it shocked me because I know Valerie and I know how good she was. She took her to the limit and she could have taken the title that night. And I was especially, I mean, they had a, a, a four man tag team match to open the show, meaning four tag teams. I had never seen that before. So what Ron seems to be doing is he's giving you a little bit of the new, he's giving you a little bit of the old, and he's giving you a little bit of now. Right. And he's giving to all, and he's giving you guys that still look great. The Barbarians match, <laughs> that beating that he gave, I mean, he's still the Barbarian. You know? Yeah, tremendous and, hardcore match, and that and, and fans, uh, if you have not seen this event that Kevin's talking about, you can go to Fight TV. You can actually still purchase that. It's called Clash of the Champions again on the Fight TV app. You cannot miss this show. Everything that Kevin's talking about right now is 100% legit and for real, and you got to watch it. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Damian Legion. You know, uh, I said. Envy back from being out there because I'm not trying to be uh, back in the back ages, but I thought that was going to spill out and she might get hurt, and it did spill out. And the people that, like you said, are going to go to Fight TV and watch it 
barbarian almost beat him to death, I thought. It he was did. great. He did. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, he did. And, I mean, uh, that, that we have the uh, Egyptian. Yes, Amon Toussaint. Toussaint. Yeah, and he had a very good match. And it looks like they beat in that little cruise. And uh, it worked out perfectly. I mean, it was great. Then we had the flock. And that's the first time I've seen the flock in a long time. And they looked great. Yeah, they did. Lodi looked like he gained 30 pounds of muscle. Sick boy. They wrestled the uh, uh, Samoan Savages. Great match. Uh, non-stop action then we also had wrestling matches on it Scott Steiner I mean I don't think you could ask for anything better than what was there yes phenomenal yeah and we had a great uh, attendance too oh yeah it was a it was a very lively active crowd they were into it from the first time the bell rang to the very last bell of the show and they did not stop it was just again i cannot say enough good things about it extremely entertaining and 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 adding to the point you tried to make there earlier about some of the young talent there's some guys that you may not have ever heard of if you're listening to this as a wrestling fan obviously and you go and check this show out you're going to see guys you've never heard of but you're going to remember them and you're going to want to see them again uh, Leo Pride is another one that really stri- strikes me as a fantastic young talent. Uh, and there, there's so many more in that four-way tag team match that you mentioned. There's a lot of young talent in that tag team match that you got to go check out. Yeah, and then, you know, we saw what happened to poor Paul Lee with uh, uh, Buff Bagwell, and he actually thinks now he's Ric Flair, and he, <laughs> he, he performs better than Flair does, you know, <laughs> Flair. Yeah, that was that was hilarious. He, he had his he got his bell rung a little bit, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, sure did. He, he did his wooing a little too much, I think. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Well, again, Universal Championship Wrestling is a company that uh, I'm, uh, of course, very excited about. You've probably heard me plug them on past interviews, uh, and very I know they're very happy to have Kevin Sullivan as part of their uh, as part of their staff as uh, VP of Talent Relations. Well, I'm happy to be here. And another guy we left out was Kid Cash. He he went in there and he it was a three way uh, match for the cruiser uh, U.S. title. Right. And he didn't beat Briscoe, who was the champion, but he beat Black. And he did that a month after an MM fight, MMA fight where he ripped his shoulder and uh, bicep. And he's a great talent. I Absolutely. mean, he goes back bef- back in between MMA and wrestling. So you you get to see everything when you come to, you know, Universal Championship Wrestling. It's, it's spectacular. P.J. Black, Kid Cash, and Wes Briscoe in that three-way match, probably one of the best matches I've seen in a very long time. Those three guys are phenomenal athletes in the ring, and they just told a terrific story during their match. And we don't have to bring it up, but we will. They split Briscoe's uh, underneath his eye. Yeah. 
I mean, he had to get uh, 17 stitches after the show. That's how hard-hitting that match was. No doubt about not, it. Not to say the whole show wasn't that, that way, but they just hit him right perfectly on the eye right way, and it split like a ripe watermelon. Absolutely, it did. Well, Kevin, let's take a little trip down memory lane. You began your career in the early 70s where you wrestled for Montreal, Gulf Coast Championship Wrestling, Championship Wrestling of Florida, the WWWF, Georgia Championship Wrestling, and also the Memphis Territory. Out of all those companies I just mentioned, what time stands out to you as the most influential in your career? My favorite time was when I wrestled Dusty for three years, just about almost every night in Florida. But one of the uh, unique things I did was when I wrestled in San Francisco, we only had to wrestle three to four days a week. And I actually went back to college and took a course. And what's funny is my one of the guys who was in my class is now running uh, shows out in California. So uh, I thought that was funny. But uh, the time I had in Florida, I had the greatest baby faces of all times. I wrestled Dusty. I wrestled Blackjack. I wrestled Andre in singles numerous of times. And me and Buzz wrestled him in tag teams quite a bit. And Mark Lowe and myself wrestled him, the Row Warriors. I wrestled at the time. Barry Windham was one of the greatest baby faces of all times. Ric Flair puts him in the top three. So if Rick says that, you know, that's saying something. I got a chance to wrestle Rick on a few occasions down there. But, uh, and, uh, Jake was my partner when I started off. Like Mark Lewin, who I have a special place for. King Curtis came down. Uh, it was just uh, the best performers ended up in Florida. Yeah, terrific time there as well. I agree. Yeah. I mean, some of your matches. Yeah. I remember watching some of those, and I went back and uh, and watched some. And, and preparing for this interview with you as well, and and when it took a trip down memory lane myself, some fantastic matches. Yeah, and they all then most of them moved to the Middle Atlantic, and they they continue it. I mean, uh, Ricky uh, Rock and Roll, Ricky Morton, and Robert Gibson. They were two. Of the, you know, they just got inducted. I think it was last year, the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Long overdue. Two of the greatest performers I've ever seen, and maybe the best tag. Babyface tag team I've ever seen. The Rock and uh, Rock and Roll Express were in a league of their own. The Midnight Express and their matches were incredible. Cornette was a great mouthpiece for them. And with us saying that, we're going to see the revival again. We're starting to see not just who would ever thought three years ago. People will be talking about other companies besides WWE. Who would have ever thought guys would give up million-dollar contracts to go other places? And who would have ever thought guys on independence could make a very good living? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm going to give you... Uh, 
are very strange, and I'd like to, your opinion on this. Okay. One of the reasons why I think this has come about, a lot of casual fans have dropped by the wayside because three hours is impossible to, to sit down and watch. Right. Two hours is tough. Mm-hmm. They don't do a lot of wrestling. All of a sudden, Glow on Netflix comes on. People that didn't know anything about wrestling, it is their number one show for the last two years, saw this and said, wow, I didn't realize these people got hurt. I didn't realize they had a train like this. I didn't realize they had a drive this far. And it got people that had no idea what wrestling was to get them to be fans and it got the fans that were older fans that haven't been first of all I want to just say the younger generation the best athletes of all whether it's baseball, football, boxing or anything else the only one is different is Ali but uh, you know I think it brought fans back and because of this I think we're going now that you don't have to just go to a steakhouse to eat. You can go to sushi. You can go to a buffet. You can go to whatever you want now because they're all different. And that's what separates Universal. It's completely different by giving you a host of different type of matches. Yeah, I agree 100%. We had that great uh, three-way you were talking about of these great wrestling moves and chain wrestling and dives through the ropes. And then we had Barbarian almost behead a guy. I mean, (laughs) we gave them everything they needed. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about your time in WCW. You transitioned to WCW in 1987. You were part of a very famous faction called the Varsity Club. You were the leader over Mike Rotundo and Rick Steiner. How did that faction? How did that faction get born? That was Dusty Rhodes's idea, and the reason why, you know, when you looked at it, it was you had Steiner, Rotunda. Doctor Death and Dan Spivey in and out. Right. So you have these kids that college athletes, and Dusty. One thing about Dusty, he stayed current. And this is when the student athletes were having problems, whether it be you know cake parties. not proven assaults on women, but and and the problem. So here you have three young, clearly some not death wasn't, but you know, nice looking guys with their leather jacket, uh, leather jackets on, and here's the evil influence telling them, okay, you don't have to study. Let's go to. Uh, a fraternity house and start a fight or maybe there's something else else for you, you know, more so subliminal. Dusty came up with that. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't think those guys got their due. No, they did. They were 
they were some of the greatest performers I ever worked with. And that was some of my best and uh, happiest times. Well, let's take a look at Bray Wyatt for a second, okay? So as many, yeah. pe- as many people know, he's the son of Mike Rotundo. His yeah. character has that evil, sadistic style similar to yours during your career. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on his character and how WWE, in my opinion, okay, has seemed to drop the ball on that popular and unique character style? When he came out and they had their lights on and they were singing along with him, yeah, you don't have to be a genius to say, Let's put a rocket on the sky and exactly. let's push them all the way. Exactly. I, I have this theory, and I may be wrong, that they do this 50-50 booking. Uh, so it, it, back in the day, it was Barnum and Bailey Circus. It wasn't an individual thing. And they've been burnt a lot of times by individuals, meaning Hogan left them. Uh, Warrior left them, Stone Cold, I believe, went off for a while and he broke his neck. I think they tried protecting that self that way. But Wyatt, there was a, I was at a, a wrestling convention and uh, Jerry Briscoe was holding the court and he was asking these people, and this is the time Wyatt was hot. He said, who do you think should be champion? They're all given names. And I just walked by and I said, it's easy. It's Wyatt. He said, well, you're you're from Florida. You knew Eddie. Your your vote doesn't count. Of course, you're right. And how they missed that with that kid. And the way he used to bend over when he held the ropes. Yeah. I mean, that was like the movie where the girl... And from Japan crawled out of the TV. It used to spook me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. And they, I'm not trying to be overly critical here. I don't know what goes on there. I don't know what's what's behind the scenes and things right. that are taking place there. But uh, sort of an outsider looking in, so to speak. You know, I see a guy like that with tremendous talent. It's over like crazy what the heck happened, you know, and I'm just, and and honestly, and I bring this up to you because when I saw his character, he did remind me a little bit of your character back in the day. He had that unique style about him. You know, and I I, I, I wrestled his daddy a lot. I remember, and and I know Stephanie's mother very well, and uh, no, knew his grandfather and his uncle, and he would come to the matches, so Maybe someone, and Dusty was there then, so maybe Dusty mentioned something, but he's doing me better than I did, that's for sure. He's <laughs> he's my favorite. So let's keep going down memory lane here for a second. In 1991, you spent some time with Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and then you went yeah. on to work for ECW before coming back to WCW in 1994. Now, during your second run with WCW, you had a tremendous feud with Hulk Hogan. Whose idea was it to have this feud with Hogan? And when you look back on it, is there anything you would have done differently there? Yeah, during that time I was working for Cornette at Smoke Mountain. I was working in Japan for the Sheik, who gave me a very good job. So I went there, and then when I came back, it was a crazy thing. Hogan was doing an interview, and I said, I'm just going to walk out on him. And I walked out on him and I said, hey, 
very similar to what I did to Dusty one time. I said, you know, you're talking about uh, doing everything right, say your prayers, take your vitamins, uh, you know, the American dream. I said, you're not working three jobs like these people are. You're not doing... You're, you're flying a Learjet. These people are plugging to work and making car payments. So I said, I've been waiting 25 years to ask you, who the hell do you think you are? And he responded right off the top by saying, I've been waiting 25 years to tell you who I am and show you who I am. And that's how it kicked off. So it was all that impromptu? It was never planned? That was my impromptu, yeah. Nice. That was one thing, yeah. Oh, very interesting. So if I'm not mistaken, didn't you play a key role in Hogan turning heel with the NWO? Yeah, he slept at my house because everybody was against it because everybody else was making money off of him. His agents doing the movies, everybody's afraid. And I said to him, I'll never forget this. And this is uh, how brilliant Gene Oakland was. Chicago, he came out. And he wasn't dressed in the red and yellow, but he had a black bandana, black crucifix on a black shirt, and they booed him out of the building. And Mean Gene said, you can hear how somber it is here tonight at, uh, I believe it was Chicago Stadium. And I mean, they were booing. When he came back, I went to his, he had a private dress room. I said, you got to change, brother. I said, I've been telling you for about a month and a half now, but all these people that are riding on your coattails, you know, yeah, there's some people that were getting paid, you know, doing things for him and his agents, and I said, you're going to turn heel. What I laid out the finish. I made, and that was in Daytona Beach. I was a, I lived a, a mile from the building on the beach. I made him stay in my house. I had a three-bedroom house. I made his agent sleep on the couch, wouldn't let him sleep in the bed. And we waited till the first match was on. We got in and we pulled in and uh, we did it and you saw the turn. There's never been a turn like that. Yeah, never will be. Yeah, and I've had this question thrown at me a thousand times. What if he didn't do it? I said, who would you have put in there? And I said, I would have pulled out a shotgun and he was going to the ring one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> because you couldn't have done it with anybody else. It was perfect. No, it was, the, three yeah. them were from, the three of them were from New York. It actually looked like New York was taking us over. And this is a compliment to Vince. Uh, it made it easy for me to get those guys over because he had put such great work getting those guys over. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like I was starting from the beginning with those guys. He had put a lot of work on those guys for three years, and they looked incredible. Last seven feet, uh, Razor looked like uh, Tarzan, Hulk was Hulk, and a guy that doesn't get his due, and I'm so happy he's going at the Hall of Fame, is Sean Waltman. Sean Waltman, when you saw those three guys, you'd say, oh, I know I can't fight them. But when you saw Sean, you'd say, well, maybe I get a chance. You know, he was just perfect yeah. for them. 
And it should have been the four of them and nobody else. Yeah, Sean did uh, it did a fantastic job as as X Pac, one two three kid, uh-huh. six Pac, whoever, whatever character you want to talk about there. I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. Is that definitely didn't get uh, the credit he deserved at times, and uh, I'm a big fan of him, and I think he did a, a wonderful, wonderful job. And I'm a big fan of him as a human being, and you know he's come back from a very dark place 15 years ago and to do that that's a man absolutely. and i have all the respect in the world for him absolutely now in 2001 you had your retirement match against chris benoit and then you yeah. moved into the full-time role as a booker for wcw tell me about that ex- yeah. tell me about that experience and what you had to deal with after vince russo and ed ferrara left that position well what happened was when they got a chance to, to get Ferrara and Russo, they called me and said, and Nash was booking at the time and Kevin was giving the book back to me because he was burnt out. And they called me and said, yeah, we, we want to ask you something. I said, listen, you do what you think's best for the company as long as uh, I'm still employed. They said, of course. And about... A month into it, I went to JJ and I said, have you watched this wrestling show and timed it? He said, no. I said, I want you to time this wrestling show. And this is when we were, we were three hours, or you know, on a Monday. And he timed it and came back and he said, you're right, it's 16 minutes. I said, yeah, he just thinks people don't care about wrestling. And you know how people always talk about uh, guys that were booker back in the day made themselves champion like Dusty or somebody like that, right? Yeah. Dusty deserved to be champion. Sure. Nobody ever says anything about him winning the belt. He was a guy from the streets that won the belt. And before that, didn't David, David I can't either one before or after it. Mm-hmm. A guy that was, uh, and I'm not knocking David Arquette because David Arquette did a wonderful thing. He donated his purse to Brian Pillman's family, but it had nothing to do with wrestling. And the day we were at Sturgis and Hulk was wrestling Jay Leno and Jay Leno had an armbar Hulk and Hulk was selling. I looked at JJ and I said, the Titanic has hit the iceberg and we're going down fast. Wow. Yeah. So when you look at the current wrestling product, what do you think needs to change from a booking standpoint? Well, what I think is needs to change is I saw just recently that Fox, you know, this, the WWE is going to Fox and they told them they wanted more athletic and more wrestling mm-hmm. and less PG. Now, uh, I think, you know, they got, from what I gather, they got $5 billion. They'd be very stupid not to follow their advice. Plus, I think a change would be good yeah. for them. 
you know, they need to change. And the other thing is, and I do not want anybody ever lose a job, but they've got guys on TV that have been there 25 years and are still using them. There's ways to keep guys in a job without having to use them on TV constantly. They can be, especially now, ambassadors around the world, wrestle in, in a, a training center that they're going to set up in India or whatever. But, I mean, hey, uh, you know, it isn't like in the old days when there's only three channels. So it gets to be... Uh, again, we go back to uh, what we're talking about, what we watched the other night. Yeah. We watched a bunch of different stuff. It wasn't the same program. No, you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So when wrestling fans look back on your career, what is the biggest message or contribution you want them to remember? I want them to remember I... I worked hard because I knew they worked hard for their money. I, I wasn't a rich kid. I came from a you know, blue-collar family, and I appreciated that they came to see me, and I appreciated that uh, I was getting paid by them to uh, have a life, and I wanted them to know that I worked as hard as I could 99.9 of the time, Maybe the other time that I didn't, I was injured and had to go on and perform anyway. But I'd just like to say thank you to them. And and I'm going to say not thank you and goodbye, but thank you and let's start open this new chapter up because I'm going to be seeing a lot of them coming to Universal Championship Wrestling because by next year, you and I will be talking. This will be the hottest thing in the wrestling business. I hope so, and no reason why it shouldn't be. Yep. All right, Kevin, this is the cranium shot portion. I'm going to end the interview with the cranium shot portion. I love this part. I'm going to to say a name, okay? This is going to be a name from your past. You can give me a one-word answer. You can give me several-word answer, whatever comes to mind. You ready? Yep. Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler, the king. Uh, He was very – I mean, he was a very good – wrestler in his younger years he was a great bump taker he knew how to manipulate that territory around him and he drew nothing but money I have the most respect for Jerry Law alright Barry Windham Barry Windham to me one of the three greatest baby faces I ever worked with Abdullah the Butcher loved Abdullah the Butcher he's a man uh, I did this angle where I was wrestling Austin Idol and I hated Idol mm-hmm. and uh, Idol was wrestling Mark Lewin in the Omni that night and Butcher and uh, uh, Mark were partners and Butcher ran down and started beating up uh, uh, Idol and we were going over the finish of the dressing room and uh, Butcher being a man said I had just come off a bodybuilding. I was about 190 pounds. He said, I can't sell for this kid. He's too small. And I turned to Butcher and I said, don't worry, I'll grow on you. And he said, okay, I'll let you try. (laughs) So when I hit Butcher, I hit him and I took his two by four and I hit him and he said, 
rather than comedy. He said, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And Butch and I always laugh about that because I got a couple of fingers broken on my left hand. My little fingers broken. He went to hit me with the bell and I put it up. So every time I look at that finger, I say, hey, Butch, how are you doing? (laughs) Great heel. Great heel. Oh, I Drew agree. money everywhere. I agree. When I was a kid, I used to be scared to death of the man, so absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman. Uh, this is a sad one for me. When this was all going on, when Brian and I were doing the, the biggest compliment I ever got in my life, Kevin Nash told me that the click and their friends bought our pay-per-view when the Book of Man angle mm-hmm. because they thought it was a shoot. Mm-hmm. And Brian Pillman, what the sad part is, first of all, he left the family, died way too young. We lost a great performer. But I think wrestling lost one of the geniuses that would have been, we would, if we talked about feuds, the feud we would talk about, start with and stay with 90% of the show would be him and Stone Cold. Everybody said, well, they pulled the gun. Oh, that was horrible. We're still talking about it 20 years, 25 years later. That's right. And Brian was a genius, and I would have loved to see what he would have booked for 15 or 20 years. All right, last one, the Fabulous Freebirds. The Fabulous Freebirds, they were uh, three different guys with different uh, strengths. Buddy uh, Roberts could take these big bumps. Terry Gordy was one of the greatest big men in the business. Michael Hayes could talk and could get heat just by talking. And Michael doesn't get his due. He threw one of the best left-handed punches I've ever seen in my life. Well, Kevin, thank you so very much for taking time out of your schedule to speak with me. It's been an absolute honor to sit down with you and reminisce, talk about your career, talk about the exciting company, Universal Championship Wrestling. You don't want to miss your opportunity to meet Kevin Sullivan. Make sure you buy a ticket. The Universal Championship Wrestling's Battle of the Belt show taking place on Saturday, April the 6th in Griffin, Georgia. Buying a ticket is very easy. Go to their website at ucwtv.com. Again, that's ucwtv.com. There's also other shows coming down the pipeline. You got one on April the 27th, and you also have one on May the 25th. You don't want to miss these exciting shows. You can also follow Universal Championship Wrestling on social media. That's at UCWTV. And you can find out more about this fantastic wrestling company, again, by going to their website, UCWTV.com. And I just to say, like to say one thing. On April 6th, we are being sponsored by Sellers Law Firm in Griffin. Jody Sellers is promoting this. So if anybody wants to get in and be a sponsor for us, just go to the website. Uh, And if you're looking for a show or uh, a show for uh, high school or something that we can do to help, 
because that's what we want to do too. We want to build inside of the community and be part of the community. And we want to be part of the community for a long time. Kevin, congratulations on a very successful pro wrestling career and for being part of Universal Championship Wrestling. I'm extremely excited. I am too. Thank you, my man.